And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. How's everybody doing? Happy Friday, everybody. I know this episode's coming out a little bit later than I would have liked to, uh, but you know, here we are, better late than never, right? Uh, we're just under a week away from the beginning of the season. So on today's episode, I had Eugene Helfrick of thehockeywriters.com to come on and discuss the preview of how, you know, just preview in general. How the division's going to look, how the team's going to look, how how line combinations, what what we're thinking about, you know, how these projected line uh, lines are going to look, and you know maybe how uh, John Cooper is going to swap out certain guys here and there, and how how much use is he going to make of his, um, I guess you could call that 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 pool of players that the Lightning will be having off to the side just in case uh, of an injury or a positive test here and there, so. Uh, why don't we just get into it? Here's my conversation with Eugene. All right. So we've been talking over the past week about how, you know, some of the expectations going into this upcoming season and here today with me to kind of maybe elaborate on some of those ideas is from the hockeywriters.com. Uh, he covers not only the NHL in general, but as well as the Tampa Bay lightning, uh, Eugene Helfrick, Eugene, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine today and happy to be ready to talk about the lightning. It's only a week away. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I think we're all super excited and relieved that, you know, the, the upcoming NHL season is finally upcoming and not kind of yeah. sort of in this uh, purgatory. So why don't we jump right into it? So, you know, a lot of sort of question marks surrounding some, I guess, this team in a little bit, you know, especially with the new division, uh, the, the recent injury to Kucherov. But first, let's kind of take a step back before we get into all that and wrap it. But let's really talk about the World Juniors, which wrapped up really yesterday. Uh, USA capturing the gold. Uh, look like they're, they've kind of gotten Canada's number. Uh, before we get into some of the stuff that the Lightning prospects did that were there, uh, were you at all surprised about this outcome with the World Juniors? Honestly, a little bit. Um, the Canadian team was just so deep and so talented. I really expected them to, I mean, they're steamrolling everybody up until about the semifinals, finals there. Um, I really expected them to honestly win it just because they have so much talent because of so many teams sending their players to World Juniors this year. Um, and that American team is relatively, haven't played together as much relative to what the Canadians have played together over the years. Um, I remember when the USA played Russia in the opening round or the opening game, they looked kind of off sync and I wasn't sure if they would be able to, you know, get that going by the end of the tournament as well as they did, let alone to compete with the Canadians as well as they did and then beat them. Um, so I, I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, it was a really good game. It was a close game. And I think that's kind of what we're all are hoping to see is that's just some really good games at the end there. Yeah. It, it was the, one of the things that a lot of people have been pointing out, uh, especially, you know, with with these top tier teams teams like canada teams like usa is you're seeing a lot of lopsided games and that was the thing that um i think turned a lot of people off very early on with this world juniors but if any of you who are listening kind of stopped watching because of that you miss you miss some great hockey uh i i think i i speak for both of us to a certain extent where uh to say that you know trevor zegras uh who is 
captain of the USA team, uh, the top prospect coming into this season, probably going to play at the NHL level with the Ducks. Uh, I, I think to me, at least he, he outplayed the expectations that were kind of set for us coming into this world junior tournament. What do you think? Yeah, I'll agree that there. Um, I, I know everyone had their list of players. And he was on the list of players being these are ones to watch, but I don't think people have necessarily as like, Oh, he could turn the tide of an entire tournament and win, win necessarily gold this year. Um, he really played up to and outplayed his Canadian counterparts on the other side. And yeah, they, they have a, he's going to be in the NHL sooner than later. I imagine. I know the world genius can be a little bit of recency bias because you see people play well against peers, their age. And obviously it's a lot harder to jump in the NHL from that point, but I wouldn't be surprised in the next two, three years if he's out there dominating for Anaheim. Yeah. I, I mean, if it's anything is that especially Anaheim, the California teams, I mean, there was, there was a good number of players from especially the ducks and the Kings that play in this yeah. tournament that were really impressive. So now let's move on to the, the lightning players that were in this, you know, there was only two prospects that played uh, Groshev and Anafel, you know, uh, Anafel, I, I, in my opinion, I think I had sort of a little bit of a, a higher ceiling as for him, uh, you know, and actually the first game that I saw him play was the New Year's Eve game in which he got pulled when he let up four goals in the first period. But I, I did see some good things. I did see a little bit of, I guess, the measuring stick is Vasilevsky in him. He does have the size. Uh, Groshev had limited time, uh, not that much uh, ice time here and there. But, um, you know, at the same time, he did show me some very good things. What was your expectations going into this tournament with these two prospects? So both prospects, NFL and Groshev, are still rather early in their, pro- in their development. Um, and even though NFL, we drafted him last year. He's still the goalie. He's got at least you know three to five years before I expect him to even start threatening um, NHL backup time. Um, but I do believe he has the ceiling to be a backup, learn from Vassy for a couple of years, and then maybe even threaten to take that spot from Vassy if at the end of his contract he's ready to move on. And I also think it's going to help um, NFL is when he does come to the U.S. to play in the HL eventually. I imagine he'll come over here to play. Um, we have a few goalies with um, was it Magnus Cron? I forget his name. Yeah, Magnus Cronin. Um, yeah. Cronin, thank you. Yeah. And then um, our recent um, pickup, uh, Amir Miftikov. Yeah. The recent draftee. I think those three players could all be, you know, jockeying with each other in AHL in the next couple of years. And that's a good system when you have a few young goalies who are trying to learn, play, and push each other. Um, because besides, outside of those three, the Lightning have a pretty, you know, weak goaltending pipeline. But if those three can develop develop in, say, in about two years, three years, we'd have a pretty solid pipeline behind Vasi, which we really haven't had in a while. And then as far as Groshev, he's another one. Um, I, I love Groshev. It happens to be I wrote his um, project profile for the for the, the hockey writers during the for the draft, so I happen to know a little bit more about him. He's another one. Um, in fact, he's playing the KHL, and it was taking on time. Um, as early as he was, I think, at 18, he started playing the KHL and got some time going. He's got a really good base to build, build on. And the Lightning need those players who are a little bit bigger, have a little more size. He's very raw still. Um, but I think he's one of those players that once he's skating, continues to improve. He's got a decent shot that can be improved. Um, I think you'll see more of him than a little bit we saw in the World Juniors. He's one keep an eye on, and I'd say, three to four years could be take, taking a spot on the third line. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, I think it really goes back to what you said uh, not too long ago, recency bias. I mean, you know, if, if there are Lightning fans that are maybe concerned to a little extent that, you know, these guys really didn't uh, perform as well as you would have liked them see, well, listen, you know, these guys are young. Like you said, they're still very raw in their development. So, you know, there is brighter days ahead. So 
Uh, speaking of brighter days ahead, we got the regular season coming up next next week. Uh, I couldn't be more excited just to have actual hockey back on. But like I s- said at the beginning of our, our conversation is that there are some question marks surrounding this team and especially how they're going to perform uh, in this new division. Now, I've said on my show uh, over the past couple of weeks since it was announced with the new divisions that really, regardless of what's going to happen in the future, you know, even with the Kucherov injury uh, being out for the year. And, and you know, we spoke before, uh, you know, before we start recording that, yes, it's going to be tough for this team to really rely on a player who hasn't been healthy. I, I think, you know, I it, he hasn't played a full season since, I think, 2015. So but at the same time, and if you look at these teams, um in the division, you know, Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville. Um, I, I think that the Lightning still have a very good chance to win 45 games. What, what do you think? Do you think that's maybe a little bit out of the, the spectrum of possibility, or do you think that's really more so along the lines? As always, hockey is impossible to predict. Um, but when you look at the division, yeah, it's, it's a division the Lightning should be a dominant in. But then if you also look at last year, the Lightning, I want to say only – went one one and one versus the red wings so those yeah. are not necessarily guaranteed wins either and the yeah. red wings were terrible last year right. um but looking at the division i mean carolina should really push the lightning i wouldn't be surprised if carolina's first or second the predators are always one of those teams where if they have a good year um they could usually usually finish in the top three so uh, obviously I, I would pencil the lightning in as being potentially the favorites potentially getting those you know 40 to 45 wins i could see that happening if they really clean house against some of the weaker opponents like detroit like uh, Chicago and they usually match pretty well against Minnesota and Florida. Um, but at the same time, it's one I I don't see them falling out of the top four, but I I, I wouldn't be shocked to see if they finished in third if the Predators or if Carolina have a really, really good start to the season and really kind of hang on and push because 56 games is a short amount of time. And when you're yeah. missing a player like Kucherov in particular, it's gonna take a little bit for that offense to get going again at the same rate that you're used to, unless if Stamkos jumps in and is immediate Stamkos again like he was. Yeah, even 2018-19 when he put up the 40 goals. With the NHL season just right around the corner, why don't you get on the action, you know, instead of just sitting there and watching the games as well? You know, it's time to go over to Bet Online AG, the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, these guys are incredible. I, I've been using them for a year or two now, and it's great that we finally partnered up with them here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You know, you got college football still going on. The national championship is not too far away. The NFL playoffs are still going you know they obviously haven't even started yet so go in on that and the nhl season you got tons of futures ton of props uh you could literally bet on anything at bet online ag and when you sign up with a free account today at bet online ag and use promo code locked on and you'll get 50 percent on your first deposit uh that's 50 percent i mean that's that's all i love it i wish i could do that but uh so go over to bet online ag one more time don't forget to use that promo code locked on you receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit and also go over to their social media at bet online underscore ag to take advantage of advantage of all the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account use that promo code locked on for sign for your first sign up bonus yeah 
I, I think that's one of the things that's a little bit unique about this season, not only because of the the amount of you know games that are being played, but the fact that it's more so a sprint than an actual marathon this year. So really, I and, and yeah, you're absolutely right with your point about you know if, if certain teams get off to fast starts, then it, it's going to be a little bit more dif- uh, difficult for this team to really maybe conquer uh, this division. But I think that really, if if you look at the division, like you said, yes, Columbus and Carolina are, are really going to be you know the other top teams uh, in this division other than Tampa and possibly even, you know, Florida or Nashville, depending on, you know, how those two teams start out, but really Detroit, Chicago, and Nashville, you know, they, they play both these teams uh, eight times. And I, and I, we said before, uh, I really do expect them to, to win, to lose maybe, I would say maybe five times total against these three teams. Or do you think maybe now, especially with Chicago, everything that's going on there, uh, where it, it seemed like last season, um, the front office there in Chicago, they, they, they are more in the mindset of a rebuild where uh, when it was announced to the public, the, the players on the team, guys like Patrick Kane, guys like uh, Jonathan Taves, the captain, uh, this was news to them. Do you think that especially with, you know, uh, when Taves does come back, barring whatever, you know, difficulties he's having with the, the unspecified illness he's having, do you think that maybe is going to be a little bit, they're going to be kind of one of those spoiled teams where do you think they're really going to come out and just really try to maybe not so much run the gauntlet, but show, hey, we still got a, left, a lot left in the tank? Yeah, Chicago is always one of those teams where if they're in your division, you got to keep an eye on them. They, no matter what, they still have a very talented core. You have some very good defensemen and they play a r- relatively sound game and that's how you, that's how they went in and beat Edmonton in the playing round even though they weren't favored in any way um they're one of those teams where they can always surprise people and I could see them being that team that sneaks in and getting the fourth seed um when they're not expected to finish and when they fit back to finish I think seventh is what they're projected to finish this year um yeah they're one you definitely have to under, underestimate them at your own risk um they're going to be a hard one to start the season with I wouldn't be shocked if the Lightning split the series with them to start the season just because they're going to be a tough team to play against um the one question for them, of course, is their goaltending. I can see the lightning jumping on whoever starts for them the first night just because they don't have a serious starter yet, unless if Subban or their other one, is it Delia, I think is the other one, their other starter. Um, unless if one of those two really comes out and shines night one, night two, I can see lightning jumping on them in the first two games potentially. But yeah, no, uh, Chicago is one you can never underestimate. They, they can always pull up and you know get that fourth seed or third seed even if they play really well with their talent they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right with that. You know, Chicago, regardless of what part in their, in their franchise history, they're at whatever phase they're, they might be going through. They're always a tough team to play. And the thing that really um, kind of worries me a little bit, not too much. Um, Cause I think maybe the lightning are a little bit over the hump in that respect. But uh, the one thing that really we saw from this team last year, that was at times frustrating was the fact that they would play down to the, to the talent level of the teams. I mean, like you said before uh, I, believe they split the season series against Detroit especially that last game of the season that they played right before it was canceled uh postponed where uh I believe they they lost 4-3 in OT if I'm not mistaken or in a shootout yeah Uh, it was was OT yeah yeah. so it's one of those things where you know if the lightning do get off to a good start or if you know really it it really is going to make or break their season uh especially because when they are struggling we've seen it firsthand especially on that west coast trip uh after they they lost their first game after you know racking off those wins last year against i believe it was vegas uh how they really faltered in the in the coming weeks even though it was maybe a matter of five games it was still very difficult and 
you know, in February, you have, you, it's kind of worrisome to see when a team is like that, especially with the playoffs around the corner. So really what are your expectations for this division? Now, obviously we've established uh, that, you know, Carolina, Columbus and Tampa are the top dogs. Who do you think is going to be maybe fight for that fourth spot? Do you think it's maybe probably Florida most likely or Nashville, or do you think maybe Detroit might shock the world or even Minnesota? Yeah, some of those ones. Minnesota's a better team than people give them credit for. Um, it's all about if their goaltending can actually be consistent um, because their forward core and their defense is pretty good on paper. Um, Nashville's a solid team. Once again, if they can get consistent goaltending and if um, they can bounce back from their stars like Johansson and um, uh, the center that they got signed last year. Uh, I forgot his name all of a sudden. Yeah, I can't think of it either. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone's gonna yell at the screen. They know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, if, if they have bounce back years from them, then all of a sudden I wouldn't be surprised that they are in the top four very easily. But uh, another one, um, Dallas shouldn't be underestimated either because Dallas is in there too, right? Uh, yes. I know that with Ben uh, Bishop injured and um, Sagan on injury reserve start off season, they're gonna yeah. have a rough start potentially. But they're another one of those teams where they have a good defense and defense travels well. Um, so wouldn't be shocked if they got in there, but if I'm going to put money down on something, I'm going to say Nashville. I think yeah. Nashville would be the fourth seed, if not uh, third or second. Yeah. I just think my thing with Dallas though, is I feel like, and, and I feel the same way about how the Islanders are as well. I mean, granted they are in a way tougher division than Dallas stars are. Um, but I, I just feel like a lot of people are high on Dallas right now because of what that run, what they went on. Uh, in the playoffs, you know, uh, yes, Kadobin played well, and you had very clutch play from from you know your captain Jamie Ben and and other supporting characters. But I don't think you could really sustain that, especially after you know, because I feel that's more attributed to just getting hot at the right time. I don't I don't feel like, especially in a season in over the course of a regular season, I feel like the mindset's going to be different. I feel like, especially with maybe COVID restrictions, some guys may not have been able to prepare as well as possible. And, and on the other side of that, I mean, this is, this Dallas team is very young. So you don't know if they might have a, a sort of a Stanley cup hangover coming into this season. So uh, yeah, it's one of those things where for guys like you and I, it, it's very hard to judge. It's hard to parse out. Yeah, exactly. So um, now we, we've spoken about what we might think this, this lightning team might do in terms of within the division, but let's kind of dive in deeper with, with the lines, you know, with Kucherov being at that really kind of opens up some space for some other guys to maybe get some uh, minutes here and there on the ice. But uh, one guy that's very interesting, and we were talking about this before we started recording was uh, that fourth line uh, that really interests me. You know, obviously Patrick Maroon was kind of a staple there last season on that fourth line. And as well as we saw limited play, only nine games from Mitchell Stevens. Uh, but the, the one, the one uh, projection, and this is coming from dailyfaceoff.com is that Alexander Volkov is slated to be in that, that winger spot, which is very interesting to me. I thought in the limited play that he had, even though his stats don't really jump off the page to you, I think this is a perfect fit for a guy like this who, uh, you know, very talented player, maybe just playing at the NHL level and getting that burn with some veterans is what he needs to kind of maybe make that next jump. Um, do you think that this is, and I think this is going to be kind of a revolving door situation. We might see some time from Matthew Joseph. Do you think that this is kind of the situation where we could see possibly uh, coach Cooper sticking with Volkov on a nightly basis, or do, do you think it's more along the lines of what I said in a revolving door? Uh, I'm expecting to start the season. It's going to be Volkov's job to lose. 
Um, based on the contract they gave him this year, he get the, just a one-year uh, deal. I think they're seeing this as this is his year to prove that he can start for the Lightning or to move on to someone else. Where someone like Joseph, they gave a two-year deal because I think they know that he may be a filler for this year and could be a full-time next year. Um, I think I think Volkov is frust- is maddeningly inconsistent because when he's playing well, he looks fantastic. Like he started the Stanley Cup winning game, and he looked he looked great uh, for his first game off the bench like that. But then throughout the regular season, we've seen him take a lot of bad penalties. He looked behind the play, um, and he just didn't look ready for the NHL yet, which is understandable. He's still relatively young um, compared to what we think of him because we hear his name so often. Um, but in, in my mind, it's his job to lose in the fourth line. I think he'll get the start to the season there to show that he can play you know, fourth-line minutes, get some hits in, play that kind of tough game. And same thing with Stevens. Um, I expect him – he essentially made Paquette expendable for the Lightning. Um, I think people kind of under underrate what Paquette's brought to the team over the years. I think he's that player that he was injured a good bit, so he didn't play more than 60 games very often. But he was one of those players that everyone kind of wants on their roster because he hit everyone that moved. He started for six seasons. He didn't play six full seasons because of injuries, but – he was there for a long time, and that's not a player you move without thinking that you have somebody ready to take his spot. Um, so I think between those two, it's in my mind, those are the two that are going to be starting down there with Maroon. You have Maroon down there to try to train a little bit, show him the ropes some more. That's a line that has decent scoring potential. It's not going to burn any burn any you know, records or anything like that, but it's got decent scoring potential to be a threat. They're big enough to lay down some hits, and they can learn some defensive play, hopefully, and kind of get that toughness to them. So. Yeah, the thing that was really frustrating to me, especially during the playoffs uh, with Mitchell Stevens, because uh, I've I've stated many times on my show how much of a Mitchell Stevens fan I am, and and I and I think Lightning fans should really buy a lot of Mitchell Stevens stock because of how underrated he really is right now. I mean, his ability to do pretty much anything that's asked of him, I, I you know, from from really creating traffic in front of the net that we saw at certain times during in the in the regular season that the Lightning really lacked. Um, as well as, you know, winning faceoffs, especially in that clinching game against the Blue Jackets in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, he, he does it all out there. Uh, like you said, it's not, it, that line isn't going to exactly break any records, but they're going to be very vital. I feel like they're going to be sort of at certain times during the season, I would say maybe a sort of a, a lesser, but sort of, you know, kind of output of what we saw from the third line pairing from last season so uh who is one of maybe the lightning players on this team coming back from last year not not counting the playoffs because like we stated before sort of you know there's a lot of things that you know people tend to be very high on players who had who had very good performances but the only player i will make the exception for that for is Braden point because i believe you know his whole injury situation was a little bit different but who is maybe one lightning or multiple lightning players on this team that you feel is going to make the next step this year. So for the next step of players, say obviously Braden Point, we already know he's a superstar. I think he's just going to continue to cement himself there. Of all things, I think Stamkos in a way needs to reestablish himself that the injuries are not his career. And this could be the season that helps him kind of show that, hey, I'm, he's still only 30. He still has, you know, five, six solid years left and that he can still be a superstar in the league. So for him, I think this is a very important year for his legacy as a Lightning and as an NHL player. Um, also, another one I think that kind of people forget about, or not forget about, that's discussed about constantly is Tyler Johnson. Um, before the expansion draft, I think everyone is kind of looking at Johnson saying, hey, he's gone next year no matter what happens. But I think he's not done telling a story yet in Tampa Bay. And I think he's won, if he has one more big season, or he has, he's, I think he still has at least one more big season in Tampa in front of him. And if he can really go out there and be the Todd Johnson that we know he can be, 
that is a big asset to the Lightning because he struggled in the playoffs. He had a few good games for the most part. He was kind of invisible. Um, I don't know how well he's going to mesh, like where he meshes in the lineup, because I know he usually plays center. He can play wing, but I think he's more comfortable at center. But our center depth is so solid right now. I don't know where he slots in at, at center either. So um, he, he's one, that I think, as far as established players for the Lightning roster, that either is he's going to be a sink or swim year for him. Either he really, really goes out, shows he's, he's great, or he's going to be traded next year to the Kraken at the expansion draft with a few picks. Yeah, and and I think that, yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. I, and he is projected right now to start on the second line, which is interesting because if that if that projection holds any weight, then that's really Coach Cooper saying to Tyler Johnson, show me what you got left in the tank, or unfortunately you're not going to be a part of this team uh, once the expansion draft kind of concludes. Um, and, you know, that situation, it, it, it was kind of little uh, – I was a little worried – somewhat going into that whole situation with you know him not wanting to leave tampa tampa having to clear a cap space and and i feel like if you know sometimes you never know with the nhl or in professional sports i mean there you never know what franchise would have maybe said you know what if you don't want to move and help us out you could stay up there in syracuse but you know i feel like in the long run that would have only hurt the the trade value for him you know nobody's going to trade for a, a winger who's going to be lighting it up in the ahl i mean that's yeah. not there's no value there at all um so, you know, moving on to the defensive pairings, uh, the one thing that's really surprising to me, uh, you know, but obviously it's how the way work, things work out. And, and I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans are kind of looking at these lines if they're looking on daily faceoff is that Jan Root is back on the first line where really I would have expected maybe uh, McDonough kind of moves up to the first line pairing because he is a little bit sturdier out there. Just in just off the fact that you know he does play a lot more. John John Ruta had a very tough season last year and in the playoffs where uh, he was another guy. I mean, you never knew he was pretty much a game time decision going into every game. So really, I felt that kind of having Ryan McDonough out there with Hedman, at least those guys could kind of mesh to, together very well to where at least you know you are guaranteed a first line pairing. Um, but he is going to be on the second line with uh, with Sergachev, which is fine because at least. Mikhail now still has that, that veteran mentor. So what are you really expecting out of Jan Ruta? Cause I feel like, you know, I was very, a little, I was somewhat confused as to the fact that they did resign him considering all things considered what happened last season. Um, it's, it's a situation where I'm assuming because they resigned him that they believe he's healthy. Yeah. Cause before his injury, I believe it was against Vegas in February. Yeah. He's actually playing pretty well on the first line with Hedman. For granted, Hedman's one best in the world, so he can make everyone look better. Yeah. But he didn't look out of place compared to some people. Like when Shen was up there with Hedman, he, he didn't look even like NHL ready at that point. Right. Um, so Root as well as ones, he's not a high value player necessarily. But I think he, he can be good enough to take on, you know, those 18 minutes a night that he's going to get with Hedman on the, on the top pairing there. And I think what is going to happen is we're going to see McDonough and Chernak together again because that pairing has seemed to work pretty well as a minute muncher. Once again, they don't score very much, but they're a great minute muncher that can take, you know, 20, 20, 24 minutes a game if need be, especially with the shortened season. The Lightning are going to really need to rely on those players who can really eat minutes up. Um, and then you'll see Sergachev, I think, mixed in there some as well, because I, I do think they really hope that Sergachev can be that t- top pair partner with Hedman eventually. Yes. Um, because that's kind of what he is, you know, should be eventually. If, if Hedman wasn't on this team, Sergachev would probably be your top number one defenseman by maybe not this year, next in the next two years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, Root is an interesting one, because I, I really think that he has potential to be a solid option, especially with, you know, 
the season being condensed, he's going to need to get some playing time out there. And if he is playing like he was before his injury, I could see him being solid in that role. Not ex- exceptional, not exactly what you want. Um, it's one situation where at the trade deadline, there's a better option out there that might not be worth going after. Um, but I think he, he, he does what he needs to do, as far as I can say. He's, he's not sexy. He's not going light to light up anything. But he does what you need to do in a, in a decent value for what you're getting out of him who can play that role. Um, but also, I'm sure there's some hope in the lightning, the lightning side that Cal Foot will, when he gets up, he plays, he all of a sudden just takes off and he looks like the next, you know, Kale McCarr out there. And all of a sudden, you can just put him on the top pairing with Hedman and have your top pairing set for the next decade. Yeah, that was the thing I was actually just about to mention was, you know, if, if anything, uh, if it doesn't work out with Luke Shen or whatever the case may be, if, if Ruta ends up having more injury issues or if we have a guy go down, it looks like probably Cal Foote is probably going to be next in line to kind of take the NHL step along with uh, Luke Wachowski. And let's take a moment real quick to talk about one of our other sponsors on today's show, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is the best pro pro best tasting protein bar ever. I don't worry, people. One of these days, I'm gonna get it. Uh, Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. Their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. Favorite flavor, toffee almond, forever and always. So go over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. What would you expect, how would you expect Coach Cooper to maybe play those guys this year, especially with that third line pairing with Shen? Do you think maybe we're going to see sort of a revolving door there with Chernak as well? Or do you think maybe if Luke Luke Shen's playing well out there, you know, don't don't fix it if, if it doesn't need to be fixed? Honestly, if you're asking my opinion on this, I I don't I didn't see Shen being a viable NHL nightly starter. Um, he has his role. Um, I think he played a big role in the Islanders series because that's a bigger, heavier team. But against someone like Dallas, I think you saw that his speed wasn't able to keep up with the speed of Dallas in the, in the finals, for example. So I think Shen will be one that he's a good player to have ready to roll out because he can play, you know, 15 minutes a night easily slot in. But he's not someone who can start every night against every team. Um, so I think that's one's going to be a revolving door with him. I think Foot's going to get a lot of time, and if he takes well to that spot, that may just push Shen to be a seventh defenseman when Cooper just wants to roll eleven uh, seven. I could see that being a, a regular occurrence this year. Um, but yeah, it, Shen Shen has, has his role. I think he's a great playoff player. I don't think he's an nightly starter. Where someone like Cal Foot should be a nightly starter yeah. eventually. Yeah, and and you did bring up a great point. With you know Shen, it seems like he was more of a, a matchup kind of defenseman. He's not yeah. your every night defenseman. So that's definitely something we're going to keep an eye out for. Um, and, you know, in the the first two weeks of the season are going to be such a a very good test. I believe you know they do have Chicago the first two games in the season, and I think they it's an NHL uh, Stanley Cup uh, you know rematch with the Stars the following week. So um, how do you really feel? How do you think? Uh, Coach Coop, and one last one last com- uh, question right here. Uh, how do you feel Coach Coop is going to maybe change this season, considering the nature of the schedule? Is is he? Do you think he's going to manage Vasilevsky more out there, or do you think he's a young goaltender? Roll him out there for at least maybe thirty five games, and then if he needs a, a little bit more time to rest, then you know we'll we'll give him extra rest here and there. I think Cooper kind of showed his idea. Mm-hmm for how he handles Vassi, which I think in the regular season or the playoffs when he just ran in the entire playoffs, didn't get McElhinney in there at all. Um, 
I think Cooper is going to look at the regular season and go, I think McElhinney can get us enough wins that will split some time. Not a tandem 1A1B by any means, but I could see them him giving him 20 starts even um, instead of you know 15 or so if they really felt they desperately needed the win every night. Um, because I think ultimately he wants Vassy to be ready for the playoffs and ready to start every playoff game again. Um, so yeah, and it's, but Cooper, as you say, Cooper's always been good about in the regular season, not overworking his stars. There's a reason why Hedman isn't the, um, top on the, on the top list for minutes each night. He usually could play 28 minutes every night to 30 minutes. Like some, some players do, but Cooper's always kind of worked him down to it's more in the 22 range. And then in the playoffs, he starts working him up to those, you know, bigger nights, those 26, 28 minute nights. So I think for Cooper, the whole his whole plan is going to be don't work work my stars, don't you know try and get Braden Point injured on a meaningless game in February, um, try and break break up the lines a little bit, spread the time out, and and try and really keep these guys healthy and ready for playoffs, assuming that they are playing well enough to reach the playoffs early in the season. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a very interesting season to see how things really shape out, especially with you know the the absence of Nikita Kucherov and you know to see how in certain situations certain guys step up because really you know the 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 uh the expansion draft is right around the corner and some guys very well might be playing for their future with this franchise so well you eugene thanks for hopping on i really appreciate it and maybe we'll touch base in a couple of weeks or so see how you know maybe some of our predictions and some of our thoughts really panned out yeah anytime let me know i love talking hockey i love talking lightning and it's going to be a very interesting season. There'll be a lot of games. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news to talk about every every week. So whenever you want me, just let me know and I'll jump on. And huge thanks to Eugene for coming on the show today. Uh, really appreciate him taking the time out of the schedule. Uh, we're all busy here, uh, you know, in Lightning land, obviously getting gearing up for the season, for the Lightning to uh, possibly repeat. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know about the possibility how likely that is of a repeat. We'll have to maybe explore that as the season goes along, but in terms of this team winning the division, I mean, you heard it here with uh, my conversation with Eugene. Uh, I don't think we see any reason as to why they can't, uh, as to how they, if they'll dominate or not, um, or, or maybe take the division in convincing fashion. That is a, a whole nother thing that we will address as the season goes along. But uh, yeah, super excited as we gear up towards uh, the beginning of the season. Remember, less than a week away, it'll, they open up the season next Wednesday. I believe it's an eight o'clock start uh, against Chicago. Uh, we'll probably the, the the broadcast will probably start probably a little earlier. I would imagine maybe six thirty, six forty five uh, for some of maybe the 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 Stanley Cup uh, festivities. So keep an eye out for that, and if there's any. Updates as we go along, we'll definitely throw them your way. So that's been it for today's episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you later.